0: a bedtime routine you'll miss when
1: they're grown sleep tight stories discover a new educational and interactive podcast stories for kids by lingo kids
3: Here we go, here we go, here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to interviews with celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success. Understand that that is a blessing because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and your committed effort. The interviews that I bring to the forefront on money making conversation, I've hopefully are relatable to you and will provide you information as a listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds and how to live a balanced life. Now, let's get back to my guest here. She's on the phone. My next guest is a screenwriter, a screenwriter now. See, I'm a sitcom (laughs) writer. She's a screenwriter. That's a big difference. We're going to talk about that. She is straight out of Compton, California. (laughs) <laughs> Both the father and brother formerly served as mayors. I'm pretty sure I've met them. I'm pretty sure. She holds a master's of fine arts in screenwriting from Loyola Marymount University and master's of art from Fuller Seminary and is an ordained minister. So I can't use any extra words on the show. She's on the show <laughs> to discuss overcoming the odds, being mentored by my man, John Singleton, and the incredible lifetime movie, The Clark Sisters, First Ladies of Gospel. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Camille Tucker. Hi, Rashawn. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Camille. So, where well, yeah, Camille, what part of the country, you know, are you sitting there right now?
2: I'm in L.A. I'm in the
3: L.A. area, L.A., California, Cali. Cali, straight out of Compton. Huh? <laughs> straight I out am of,
2: straight out of Compton. Out, I'm proud of I'm it. Straight out of
3: Compton. I, I know Steve Harvey and I, when we was a broadcaster in 2000 to 2005, we did several live broadcasts from City Hall, Ooh. Compton City Ooh. Hall. Now, yeah. you know, so I, I it's, 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 you know, and, you know, the interesting thing about it is that, when we signed our contract in 2000 to do 92.3 to Beat, which was in Los Angeles, California, you know, they would do live broadcasts, but they wouldn't do live broadcasts in the black communities and so, mm. and so, it was kind of like you know, it was always on the perimeter. You know, black people had to come to us. And so, right. we went to Baldwin Hills, which is off of Crenshaw in Los Angeles. And we went to Compton. Yeah. People going, y'all gonna go to Compton? And we went to Watts. See, these are primary locations. If you're listening from other <laughs> part of the country, every place I said is black folks. Baldwin Hills, mm-hmm. Watts, yeah. Compton, straight black yeah. people. Okay, they ain't got to come to you. They are gonna walk to you. Okay, they don't have to they don't get in a bus. They're gonna just walk up to you and shake your hand. And it and it changed our lives. But more importantly, we wanted to tell a different narrative of what people thought and what they saw in movies, what you saw on TV about Black people in these communities, they're just like you. They want to, they, they're middle class. They, they want to, they want better for their children and what they have for themselves. Totally. And and that, and I kind of got that when I was reading your bio about who you are as a person and, and knowing that your, your, your father was the mayor of Compton and your brother was a mayor, was also the mayor of Compton. Talk about that whole experience and, and, and just, just growing up in that environment, then, then moving out of that environment.
2: Yeah, I feel I'm totally a daughter of Compton. And something interesting, my father, Walter R. Tucker II, used to always say, he said that people would say, can any good thing come from Compton? Mm-hmm. And he told them, well, they used to say the same thing about Nazareth.
3: Right. My dad used to say that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And as
2: we know, that's where Jesus came from, Absolutely.
3: right? Absolutely. People mm-hmm.
2: always have a certain stigma about certain locations. And it's not until or certain cities or places, communities. And when you grow up in that community, you know really what the community is. And I grew up in a place where people looked out for each other where they cared about um, the local politics and people involved they were civic servants and interestingly i grew up in a neighborhood called richland farm which was zoned for livestock right so that's something people don't there were black cowboys in my community mm-hmm. driving down <laughs> or not driving riding down riding the street down, riding, Queens, down. Mm-hmm. riding down the with their caps and on horses. Mm-hmm. And so that was really rich. My friend had steer and they used to compete in the 4-H and everything. But what I did see was Venus and Serena practicing at Compton Community College with their father. Mm-hmm. So I saw them. I mean, I literally, you know, they, they're products of it. And other great friends and people that I know, Um, just a business colleague, Ava DuVernay and Leslie Sykes. Fan who's on the ABC Channel 7 News. So we know that good things and good people can come from anywhere. But Compton is a big part of my writing, my influences, the local color, the people that I met, the interactions that I had living in an all black community and even going to a predominantly white school and just the interesting dichotomy of those experiences is what really inspired me as a writer. So I am grateful for that background and
3: that experience. Well, it 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 articulates in your tone, and I think that's important because of the fact that that's why I I feel blessed that I can have this I think a natural conversation with you about L.A. from a from a black perspective of how people yeah because you know, rap rap put a label on you know rap was successful but it also led people to believe that you know violence uh, gangsters and so that that didn't help. It helped the rappers pay right. pocketbooks, but it didn't have the communities. And so per- yeah. perception breeds ignorance sometimes when the ignorance is what you're projecting. And, and that's what, that's what, uh, the, the neighborhoods like Watch, neighborhoods like Baldwin Hills area, South Central it was not even a community, but it became like a community and, uh, just an area of the streets that, uh, Crenshaw that you drive down and then, uh, yeah, towards Compton. And, uh, and it was really the thought process that watch your back. And I mean, you're black people. Watch your back when you go over there, boy. And so now, when it gets that deep <laughs> Well, you know deep,
2: what's interesting also Is my father and his brothers were all doctors. Mm-hmm. And they had a high rise medical building in the middle of Watts on Absolutely. 100. And, uh, well, you 30, know. So, I mean,
3: we're on the show to tell the truth. That This is this what we're going to talk about the, the first ladies of gospel. But we, we got to tell the truth first, Camille. That's why I brought you on the show. Tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth, Kurt. Preach a little bit. You're all day nemesis. Preach a little bit. Preach, preach. Well, <laughs> I think
2: what's so cool is that you see, and I see, like my father went to Meharry Dental School, mm-hmm. and I remember growing up from my friends from either Compton, Carson, Baldwin Hills, and even some lived in Palo Verde, these African-American men who had gone to Howard, who had mm-hmm. gone to Morehouse, mm-hmm. who had gone to like Meharry. My mother went to Fifth who had a lot of um just pride and in, in, in their not bad pride, but the pride in what their work, their work ethic and what they did. And they passed down um great values to us. So what I see, like you said, is middle class people, working class people um who wanted to the next generation to thrive. And I think they passed down great values to us. So that's the other side of the story. And to be honest, when you talk about a window into the Clark Sisters, the way I was raised, and my dad was also an associate pastor in the Baptist Church, Mm -hmm. I believe that equipped me or it uniquely spoke to me when this project came to me in 2005. And I saw it was about this strong woman who helped mold her daughters for excellence and wanted them to rise above stereotypes or any kind of thing like that placed on them And I felt like that was my mother and my father. And I felt like those were the values that were instilled in me. So I could relate so much to that. And I could also relate to raising up in the scrutiny of the church and how some of that feels and how you're trying to find your voice. For me, particularly as a creative artist. So I feel like the way that I was raised and my family and my heritage had a big part of me wanting to tell this story and to be involved in this project.
3: Well, you know, it's interesting because you see a lot of things on TV and I would go, I could never do that because it was written with a certain level of sensibility. And, uh, and Uh-oh. you know, I, I believe in God, but not to the way that you've lived. A godly life, you know. Like you said, raised mm-hmm. in the church, father minister. You know, you became an ordained minister, but still have everyday life. But
2: well, I wasn't you. always living a godly life. Come on, man. come oh, on. Man. I, know. I, I was, was UCLA freshman year, yes, Rashawn. Yes, 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 I was a come, come here, you're
3: ordained minister. We can't go like that now. We I can't gotta, go like that. We can't go like that. I go gotta tell you the you gotta, truth. You, you gotta stay my, It's gotta be part a nun of my now. religious. <laughs> it's part of my experience.
2: That's why I came to the, we, the Lord.
3: What I'm just saying is that, that, that see, you just yeah, jumped out there. See, can, can you let me just do my show a little bit? Can you, can you just <laughs> okay, let me please. lavish praise on please. you? Because I'm please. just saying you, you 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 have a shaped life. In other words. You know you have the title of being an ordained ordained minister, and that's why I wanted. Yeah. That's why I wanted to start with the straight out of Compton story you know say so we can shape yeah. who you are because a lot of people don't understand how you get to these places that's why i want to bring up john singleton in a minute because see these yeah. t- all these things shape you to be able to tell a story like i said we're watching this movie, this amazing movie, because I had share it on it, they they let me see the movie prior to it premiering on uh, Lifetime, so I I was like all in, I couldn't even wait to talk to her about it, you know, and then so so when it aired, I was telling her, gotta watch it, gotta watch it, gotta watch it, I said, this movie's amazing, this movie's <laughs> amazing, because reason I say that, because, you know, here are the Clark sisters, and then you talk about Rochelle, I wasn't always like ordained, because in this movie, it wasn't a goody two-shoe story, Okay. That's right. It shows some dark yeah. sides. And so that yeah. is why I have to tell people, well, how did she why was she able to pull it out? Because look at who she is. She she's a black woman, blew up in a black community, mm-hmm. not not a not a, a, with a bad a rep the, the world saw it a different way than she lived it. She went to a white environment. Educating that process. And so you walk so many different lanes. And because you walk so many different lanes, it allows you to say, Can I tell an honest story here? Because they could have sugarcoated a lot of things. Mama Clark, she could have been like a cool lady, you know, but she Uh wasn't, she was a tough, you know. And I told Kira, I said, Kira, she was kind of tyrannical to me. Kira, she wasn't tyrannical. Hey, 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 I'm just saying, you know, she's pretty dominant. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, was, I was just letting you know what I saw. I saw a dominating personality. Yeah. You know, this woman said, this woman said, the home girl, she couldn't even have a life. She had to drive her mama everywhere. And so, so, but this was part of the story, that, you know, the, the, you know, the, the grandfather or the father of their, of them, of the Clark sisters, were uh, he was, you know, physically abused his mama. So that stuff yeah. could have been left out. But y'all yeah. told a real story. That's why I loved it. And it's it's a blessing that you had the ability to craft the story and then co-write the story. That's a journey in itself, isn't it?
2: Yes. So much a journey. And a worthy journey and a journey I'm so grateful for to be a part of that experience. And I had to dig in the deepest part of myself to help tell that story.
3: Now, let me ask you this in the in the process of telling an honest story. Now, you know, we all know this is as honest as it's gonna get. Were there any pushback on certain storylines that were developed that weren't flattering? Were there any pushback?
2: Yeah, there was no pushback. The Clark sisters were very open and very vulnerable and wanted the truth to be told. Mm -hmm. I would say that there were certain things that we wanted to do more nuanced. Like you'll notice when the scene between uh, Maddie and her husband, you don't see the violence on screen. Right. It's behind the closed doors. And that was an adjustment to bring more nuance. So mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to see it, but you know what's happening. And that's how some of the younger daughters experienced, you know, some of the drama that was going on in the household. Right. So, um, yeah, I think little changes like that can sometimes
3: make the story more powerful. Well, that's old school movie telling, you know, back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when people were about to make love, they just they 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 faded to dark, then they come back smoking cigarettes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you three of knew something happened between the faded to <laughs> dark and the cigarette smoking, and and, and and so I got that, and that's why, and I felt that that's the only way you should tell this story because if you went any darker, that's a different story. The story is about yeah. this mom who was on a mission, a godly mission. You know, to, to to empower her daughter, because she said, Look, you guys are not going to be cooks and maids. She was passionate about that. She yeah. wanted more for her daughters. And I'm talking right. to my friend, uh, Camille Tucker, you know, amazing uh, writer, the hit movie on uh, Lifetime. It'll be re aired. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The Clock Sisters, the first ladies of gospel. Woo, the film was the highest rated original movie of the year across all networks with a viewership of 2.7 million. Lifetime is happy. Very happy. And now
2: it's up to
3: 11 million. Same thing. Same thing. She, she won't let me get none of my facts. Huh? I, I'm just so tired of you, Camille. You just go You just, just take all my little thunder, huh? I got another break now. I can, You can't give away all my information on one break. I just love talking to you. we be back with more Camille Tucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is something else, boy. I love her.
3: Money making conversations. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: O-T-T-E-R dot A-I.
3: Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. We we're talking to Camille Tucker. Um, came up with the story, 2005. Co-wrote the a brilliant portrayal of the Clark sisters, the first ladies of gospel. One of my, and, I, and I, the thing about it, I don't want to tell the movie, um, but um, it was compelling. I didn't know where the story was going to go. The fact that uh, they were from Detroit in the heart of the Motown era and their mom said, no, you're doing gospel and they could yeah. all blow. They could blow. Yeah. They were attractive and could blow. Let's me know that they were Jackson five was just eating up the airwaves, radio waves. And but well, she was on a mission, can you, can you give us an insight that, uh, what, what, what made the Clark system besides being talented? What made them successful?
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, First of all, I I just want to also give honor to the beautiful queens, the Clark sisters, and thank them for their life and their legacy to tell this story. But, you know, there's a key line that um, Dr. Maddie Moss says, she says, I'm going to make you stars for Jesus. And so she was determined that they stayed in the church. But I think two things are very interesting. Number one, they call it one voice in the movie. At one point, we were kind of toying around with the phrase family blend. Mm Mm-hmm. And those sisters are anointed because their voices are all sound like one voice. Right. And their blend is perfect. And I think that there's something that happens with families like God does something magical in the DNA that, you know, one sings first soprano, the other sings second soprano, the other one sings alto, the other one's contra alto, the other one's tenor. How do you get each daughter has that different range? How do you you don't plan that? so that is like fascinating to me. And I think that's one of the reasons that they are so successful because of that family blend. It sounds like honey. It sounds like their voices are coming down from heaven. And then the other thing, in addition to all of them having a very unique gift that blends together, Twinkie's musical writing genius is huge. See, the thing about Twinkie is she studied musical theory and she combined different genres. And we saw that with You Brought the Sunshine, but she was doing that all the time. She'd be like, I want some jazz, I want some reggae, mm-hmm. I want some r and B, I I want some gospel. And she'd mix them together and come up with songs. And that was, I think, big in terms of people being like, this is unique. This is fresh. So, I think that was a big part of it, too.
3: Well, you know, it really was. You know? I think the, she wrote over 250 songs. I believe that was one of the credits yes. that I read yes. at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was, You know, the, the thing about it is that, you know, and watching and, you know, you got to watch the movie. It well, don't all turn out good for all Clark sisters, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a point that I think that one can have a vision and a, and, a, and a focus and say, this is what I think you should do. But everybody wants to live their own lives. And sometimes yeah. And when you do that, you see that in you know, groups break up. I was looking at the Kiss. Yeah. The Kiss uh, break, your, break another band. You know, They were talking about how Gene and he stayed and two other two went, to, went away. And so then they wanted to come back. And so it's like a lot of people, I would, my biggest takeaway was that the reason the Clark sisters are very successful. Yes, the mom was very driven. OK, but the daughters yeah. were willing to work hard. They were yeah, willing to find hard. that one note that you're talking about. One note mm-hmm. and they were willing to, you know, to drive her everywhere. But the other thing that came out of it is that she was a female in a very, very male dominated world. Yes, absolutely. And it showed itself a couple of times when uh, when they were dealing with the record deal uh, as a promoter. OK, because she was booking their dates and then yeah. the church. Yeah. How did how did that play a role in your storytelling?
2: It was so important to me because I did not know really as much about Dr. Maddie Mouse Clark before I started on this project. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we have these unsung heroes and he- heroes and heroines. And I felt like she was someone so critical and such a trailblazer for that time that a lot of people didn't know about. And I felt challenged and I felt honored like I want the people to know about this woman who was um really kind of bucking the standard. Right. and I believe helped bring about change in the Church of God in Christ. Right. I feel like some of the way that the Church of God and Christ is now, whereas you can see the Clark sisters being able to, cross different platforms, go into, you know, sing in secular arenas or go to Essence Fest or whatever, wear pants and things like that. Mm -hmm. We have to give a tribute to going live. I think the Clarksons were the ones that helped forge that path, you know, and Dr. Maddie Moss Clark helped forge that path. Right. So I see her as someone just like how we, um, and I don't want to like compare importance to people, but we give tribute to like Harriet Tubman or we say she was a great woman in history and, She helped change things. And I feel like Dr. Maddie Moss Clark, too. And also having her doctorate in music and everything. Mm -hmm. So I look at that and I'm like, thank you for women like that who had the courage that opened opportunities for women like me today and other women, whether they're singers, artists or have you. Um, Yeah. And it's fascinating to me.
3: Well, you know, I thought it was important for, you know, for you. What you are articulating is very important. But I view what they accomplished. And still accomplishing today was the mm-hmm. gospel version of what Destiny Child became. Yeah,
2: okay. yeah, you that's know, a
3: good. You know, you know because of uh, mm-hmm. an, an amazing breakthrough, because Destiny Child, that was an industry dominated by whites. Okay, what they did, you know, yeah. good, it became a, pow- a pop powerhouse. Pop powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. And, and we know that, you know, gospel know. music at that time was just dominated by ministers and men dominated that sound. And then you and, but and that's what that okay. what that what made her so driven in that scene that she talks to the church and they, you know, like I said, the the cool thing is that when I'm telling you this story, I'm telling you about a journey. And it's a journey from, you know, when it, the first thoughts and it carries through the ups and downs, the pains of success, the unexpected lows of success. Because you know, when because mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. when you're on a journey of success, you expect to just be upwardly just go skyrocket but it doesn't this for somehow you guys are able to just to, to show their their relationships with their when they you know because because what, what 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 mama clark didn't bet on was other outside relationship tearing a group apart in her eyes you know these girls going to yeah. eventually become women and women are eventually going to meet men and men are going to have to have decisions with the women or the wives and all this stuff. That's what she didn't prepare for. And that really was the her most um, humbling part of how to deal with that and come to grips with that. And I thought you guys did a very good job of that in your storytelling.
2: Yeah. Thank you. And I know one of the scenes that like I'm hearing feedback from people, the scene with Twinkie and, and her new husband, and um, how it was relayed to us, and that's a scene that's really getting a lot of people. Um, and that's a, a pretty powerful scene. There's several scenes in that film mm-hmm. that are just like, "Whoa!" Well, outside you know?
3: the church was powerful. But On the, the at the, the film powerful with John
2: Terrell and and Mama Clark and, and Dr. <laughs> Maddie Moss Clark. You know, all had a plenty, um,
3: y'all had plenty powerful scenes. Don't don't underserve yourself. You know, it was so many act break act break act break go to commercial it was so many great scenes and i i'm just happy i got to see it just straight through you know what i'm saying because it's just so amazing moment but i also want to point out this is that it was a note that it was so many stars in social media that got on board with this project taraji p henson yeah the man tyler perry mariah carey you know ava duvernay janet jackson so many people just said, watch for so many different genres. How did that make you feel? This is your little project. You started in 2005. This is the Clark Sisters on Lifetime. We all pray for a big <laughs> moment. We always say, hey, man, this can be the one. But when you start seeing these media posts, because I know what it can do, because that's, that's what happened to me on... Think Like a Man, the first movie, because every P did, Yeah, you know, Dwayne Wade, you know, uh, Kevin Hart, of course, all these people were just posting left and right. And we made $33 million our opening weekend. So I know what happens when you when you push a brand and this got pushed so much in social media. And like you said, it's like you said, it's 11 million now viewers now. Okay said so just yeah you know
2: yeah and, the 2.7 <laughs> the first night I calculated that if it was a theatrical lease would have been 43 million dollars which is amazing but it feels I feel blessed I feel humble I feel uh-huh. I'm still processing it Rashawn honestly well, I saw LeBron James had James Fox now. Mariah Carey Janet Jackson and I'm really still Priscilla Shear. Um, Martha Manuzi And I'm still just like, God, you know, thank you. Like, I'm really just my heart is full and opportunities are opening up. And I'm very excited about, you know, just just being able to be in this place. I don't think any of we thought that people would connect, but this means it really connected with an audience.
3: Absolutely. And, and, and I'd be remiss. I know we're wrapping up, but I want to talk about John Singleton. Mm-hmm. Um, he was your mentor. Yeah. And uh, and we yeah. all know, you know, um, what he's done in this business. And and, uh, you know, when you start talking about black directors, male directors, you know, Spike Lee, John Singleton. You know, they they broke the ground for us. They broke the ground for us and doing it different ways, doing it their way. So tell me how did you create a relationship with get your relationship started and how did he impact who you are becoming and how he helped you along the way?
2: I met John when we were both in college, actually. He Mm -hmm. was at USC and I was at UCLA, so he was at my Crosstown Rival. (laughs) And he was directing a music video, actually, and I was in the video. And that's how we first met. (laughs) (laughs) And after we both graduated and started forging our paths as filmmakers, he came to me and my former writing partner one day about a script called Gold Diggers, and we ended up writing it together and selling it to Universal. It didn't get made, but during that process, the thing that I learned most from John is about craftsmanship. He would sit and watch movies with me and walk me through frame by frame what was going on in the film, what the filmmaker was doing, and taught me about about cinematic language. Mm -hmm. And I will always be grateful for him for that because I think we have to be artists and we also have to be business people, which is part of what you talk about with Money Matters. Um, But on the artist side, that really opened up my world to see that cinematic language and to try to take that into every project that I do. Um, and he was a cinematic, brilliant director. And I see the same thing in Christine Swanson, who directed The Clark Sisters. You know, right. that's what makes the difference when we see a film. Like Every frame is so beautifully shot and a part of telling the story. And that's what really motivates me to continue to be a storyteller like that well
3: no, you know camille you know this is a one big moment this is one big on your resume what's 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 next for you what what's what what do we got looking in the future for you
2: i have an inspirational romantic comedy called blessed in the city oh. which is based on my real life and mm-hmm. i would say it's the woman of faith version of sex and the city. <laughs> so in Sex in the City, they were having a lot of sex. And in my movie, they aren't having a lot of sex. Right,
3: but right, right. Blessed in the City. <laughs> we, I love it's, it.
2: it's about dating sexually, abstinently, and dating and seeking God in your relationship. I also have a project called The Kennedys of Compton, which is a TV pilot. And it's about a black political family in Compton, California.
3: Wow. Well, first of all, I'm a fan, and you know, I direct I direct message you and say, "Hey, will you do my show?" And you said, Rishon, they've already contacted me." So, uh, you know, <laughs> made me look bad. I thought I'm about to, you know, slide on in, act like I'm doing some big doggish. You know, not nah, they've already contacted me. I'm going to do the show. Well, I'm a fan, and and know that uh, anything you do, less than the city, come out. Please know you can come here first or something other project that you're doing. But thank you. Congratulations. It is a fantastic movie. I've been putting it's. I put a banner in my uh, fan club where it went out to 90,000 people last weekend. Oh, I like to believe I'm contributing you. to those millions that are watching it. I've social media posted uh, on my other platforms other than LinkedIn. So, Camille, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I might not be Janet Rashad. Jackson. I might not be Tyler Perry. I might not be Ava DuVernay. I might not be Taraji P. Henson. I'm just Rashawn McDonald and money making conversations, girl. Bless you. Well, Bless you. Thank Bless you so you. much.
2: You're a dynamic man and a great role model and friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. And, we'll and my soon. friend Sherry McGee McCovey says hello. Come on,
3: come on, come on. That girl right there. Woo! You know, somebody it, it's really nice that when I when I when you, when I look at my life. And I feel you, you're you part of my life. And I look at people like Sherry and so many other people who've shaped me and, and have supported me. And because all my, you know, people look at my life, they look at the, the outside of my life. They don't look at how it's got there or the down moments in my life. And the people like Sherry McGee's of the world, the, the Felicia Henderson's of the world, the Sarah Finney Johnson's yeah. of the world, these people yeah. have always been there from a female side that have always couldn't believe how talented I was and couldn't believe how crazy I was but when it wasn't going when all the craziness was taken over and, they, and I needed support they were there for me so I I, 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 I yeah. consider that relationship I'm going to have with you Camille you are now one of my sisters okay
2: oh thank you <laughs> and thank you so much for the interview take care you. my friend
3: okay all bye right. bye if See you want to well. hear more bye. Money Making Conversation interviews go to moneymakingconversation.com I'm Rashawn McDonald I'm your host
0: still living in 2021 and manually taking notes there is a better way start the new year with otter.ai automatically get meeting notes otter.ai works for virtual meetings like zoom microsoft teams and google meet sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores otter.ai that's O-T-T-E-R.ai.
1: sticky notes email alerts a string around your finger they're just not big enough so here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Woo. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player prizes.